Amen. All right, let's get excited. Pastor Joe and Pastor Jerry, let's welcome them up for part two of the end times. Amen. Go ahead. Praise God. We're so, oh my gosh, we're so glad to see so many of you out tonight. Now, remember the format, okay? You're welcome to ask any questions that you like. Um, we will per periodically stop and ask for questions or comments or anything of that nature. Let's stay within the topic. Um, amen? If you have questions about anything else, we can always talk about them at another time. Uh, but tonight we're talking about specifically the rapture of the church. Amen? Amen. So, um, please limit any conversations that you might be having between yourselves because you might distract somebody that's around you uh, from hearing something that's important. Amen? Amen? Let me repeat because I see a lot of new faces here tonight. Let me repeat, okay? When we ask for questions, you can ask a question, but this is not the scenario, this is not the place that we debate, okay? If you came here tonight because you're gonna prove this wrong or that wrong or your point or that point, this is not the place for that. It's not that we won't listen, we will, but not in this scenario, okay? You can talk to us after, you can set up something, you can send us your questions by email or Facebook or whatever. So let's make sure that we do everything in decency and order tonight, amen? amen. We understand what that means, right? Yes. Okay, and speaking of decency and order, repeat this after me, I love my pastor, love my pastor. because he tells me the truth, whether it feels good or not. So can I talk like Papa tonight? Yes. I'm old enough now, so I can do that. When somebody's up here taking the offering or somebody's up here doing announcements, it's not the time for everybody to be talking and having conversations amongst yourselves. It's extremely disrespectful. I would appreciate it if you would stop that. When you come in, when we're getting ready for service, get ready for service. You don't know if there's somebody around you that might be trying to listen to something, and it can be very distracting. I know you're very excited to see each other. It's wonderful. Keep that excitement for the lobby, okay? Amen. All right? So we say it again? I love my pastor. <laughs> That's good enough. That's it. We can stop there. Decency and order. What did I just say? Amen? Amen? So this topic that we're talking about obviously pertains to the end times. And prophecy and the scriptures that point to the season that we're in right now. And where am I going? Anyway, oh, First Thessalonians, okay. When we talk about the end times, I've had these conversations with my family at home throughout the years, and especially when our sons began to bring their wives into the families. We'd sit around after dinner, and the topic might come up about the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, the rapture, what's it going to be like in the end times, and and, and they would get fearful. They would say, uh, 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 Pastor Joe or Dad, whatever, uh, let's not talk about this stuff. Why? But we, we get scared. Prophecy is not supposed to scare us. It's supposed to prepare us. Are you listening? 
So we're talking about this stuff tonight, not, not to be sensational and not to be controversial because we recognize it can become a controversial topic, but we need to be ready. Say, well, if it's gonna happen and we're gonna go and we're believers and you know, we're, gonna, we're gonna be out of here in a split second, what difference does it make? Yeah, but it's the time between now and that moment that should create an urgency in our hearts to reach those who don't know Christ yet, who are not born again yet, who haven't had this revelation of who the Lord Jesus Christ is. Amen? Amen. Because the rapture of the church is the event where Jesus appears in the sky, okay? I know some of you are gonna sit there tonight and go, man, this sounds like a science fiction movie. Just, it's scripture, it's there. It's his appearance. It's the appearance of the Lord Jesus Christ to remove the church off the earth. I'm not talking about our church. I'm talking about the church universal. Every single believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, every person that's ever called upon the name of the Lord that was saved will be removed off this earth and times will change. A different season, a different dispensation, a different period of history begins at that moment where the attention from the kingdom of God in heaven no longer is on the church, but it goes back to as it was in the Old Testament where God now is dealing with the nation of Israel. Once the church is off the earth, the focal point returns back to Jerusalem, which is already there, okay? The focal point is you can't watch any news any day without something coming up about Jerusalem. And it's been that way for decades and decades. Well, the attention of God goes back now to Jerusalem, to Israel, to God's chosen people. Amen? Amen. So things change drastically, and that's why we believe it's our responsibility to do our best to make sure that as many people as possible are ready when this event takes place. Amen? Amen. Now, if I could just throw this out real quick, and I promise I'll let you talk. Okay? Well, this is good. I'm learning. Uh, many years ago, and, and, and in fact, it happened again just recently, but many years ago, uh, right after we started the church, which we started the church in 97, so around 98, 99, uh, Pastor Pam came with my wife and I, and we went to a pastor's conference in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Do you remember we drove out there? This is years ago. My express goal for making that trip was we had a guest speaker that came to this church, and she seemed to hint that, in her opinion, not every Christian was going to go in the rapture. And I'm like, this doesn't sound right. But, it, it, you know, I, being the pastor of the church, you want to make sure that you're given the best information and the most accurate information as possible. So this began to wear on me. Like, are we telling people the wrong stuff here? Are we telling people the wrong things? And so I said to my wife, I said, we need to go out there. I'm going to believe God that the Holy Spirit's going to speak through Brother Kenneth Hagin. He was one who was running the meeting. And uh, I, I need to get this answer. And I swear to you as I'm sitting here, the very first night, the very first meeting of the conference, within the first few minutes after the mic was handed over to Brother Kenneth Hagin, he walked up to the platform. Now, there's thousands of people in the room. He walks up to the platform and goes, I understand that there's concern about who's going to go in the rapture and who's not. He said, let me just say this. The word says, whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Settle it in your heart 
every born-again Christian is going in the rapture. I turned to my wife and said, we can go home. (laughs) So let me answer that question right off the bat, okay? Because you didn't come into the kingdom based on your conduct. You're not going based on your conduct. You're not going to heaven based on your conduct. We go because of who we believe in and who we place our trust in. So, whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord in faith, declaring that Jesus Christ is Lord over their lives, they will go in the rapture. Amen? Amen. All right. What's the rapture? Well, let's go. Let's, do, let's look at that. Tonight we're going to, if, if you remember last week, we laid, laid some groundwork. And so uh, it was more of looking at some of the historical teachings surrounding the end times. This week, what we're going to do is actually drill down. Remember last week I said we're going to do a, like a 35,000 foot overview. You ever been in a jet plane? This week, we're going to be about 20 feet off the ground. We're going to look at the scriptures, and we're going to do what, what uh, why Pastor has, has given me some leeway here. This is what, there are certain things certain pastors absolutely love. I love drilling down into the nuances of every word, almost to my wife's chagrin. Because I'll do it at 4 o'clock in the morning. She gets up ready for work at 6. And I've got this revelation that she has to sit and listen to (laughs) before she takes her shower. I love this. And so I'm almost sure this is why Pastor has asked me to work through this. The text that we're going to be dealing with tonight is located in 1 Thessalonians starting in chapter 4. So if you've got your Bible, Bible lap, or if you've got your sheet, we've given you a sheet that has verse by verse there that also you'll notice there's lines because there's an expectation that we're going to take some notes. Amen? Amen. Amen. So um, beginning, uh, we talked about last week that this is the first letter that Paul had written to the Thessalonican church. Uh, They had questions. Jesus went up. What happens? My... Uncle Charlie died. Where's Uncle Charlie? Um, The Lord gave revelation. And he gave revelation that there is no death. He said, sleep. Over and over again in the New Testament, death is related to as sleep. And so in 1 Thessalonians chapter 13, we read, But I do not, Paul writing to the church now, but I do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep so that you will not grieve as the rest who have no hope. Now, the first thing I think we need to address is what has been rolling around out there, and by out there I mean our friends and family, is the Bible is all written by men about men. It's a male thing. And this, this verse is one of the verses I've heard floating out there. See what it says. Well, we do not want you to be uninformed brothers. No, that's because you didn't read your Bible. When the Bible says brothers, the Bible is uh, using a term that refers to those of the same womb. So the more modern English translations will say brothers and sisters, and they're well within their guidelines to do that. Are you with me? Okay, so Paul writes, but we do not want you to be uninformed brothers and sisters about those who had fallen asleep. Listen, God does not want you Ignorant. That word can also be translated ignorant. He doesn't want us to be uninformed. 
So the Holy Spirit has spoken to Paul, and Paul now is speaking to the church. Turn to someone and say, I'm the church. I'm the church. So say now, then this is for me. You see, this is how our Father works. I don't want you to be uninformed about those who are, there's that term, fallen asleep. Um, these are not stories. These are not parables. We're not about to launch onto uh, something ethereal that Paul made up to help the church feel good. He is talking to the church, and he wants them through, the Holy Spirit wants them through Paul to be informed about those who had fallen asleep. Or in the next uh, uh, half of that verse, or do not grieve as indeed the rest do. Who are the ones who grieve? The ones who have no hope. You see, if you're the church, say I'm the church. You have hope. The hope that lies within you is what Paul is now going to be outlining for us as we go along. Following verse 14. If we believe that Jesus died and rose, we believe that, yes or no? Yes. Okay. Then, then so also God will bring with him those who have, there's the term, fallen asleep in Jesus. And that's what Pastor was just talking about. We're in Jesus. Okay, I think we need to clarify something. Okay. All right. There is a doctrine out there from certain denomination, and they refer to this scripture here, but they believe that when a person dies, their soul goes into the grave together with the body, and they really don't go to heaven. That's not what this is saying. When it talks about sleep, Okay, um, to give you an example, do you, how many, I, I don't know if we talked about this last week. I talked about this recently. When you do so many services and Bible studies, everything blends together. Um, how many remember Lazarus and the rich man? Okay, you remember that, that incident. That's not a story, it's an incident. It wasn't a story that Jesus made up. I'll guarantee you the people that he was talking to knew who this rich man was and knew who Lazarus was. He's telling us, okay, this is what was happening in the realm of the spirit at that moment. Okay, Lazarus had died, and he's carried by the angels to heaven. Uh, and it shows you the distinction. The rich man, it says, died and was buried. Now, the rich man in Hades had a soul. His soul was with him. Okay, he's able to recognize Lazarus. He intuitively knew who Abraham was, even though Abraham lived, was it last week? It was last week. But I still want to bring this up because every time I see this word sleep, I'm afraid, I don't want anybody to think that we're endorsing that doctrine, which is not scriptural. Okay, our souls don't go into the grave and sleep. Our soul and our spirit goes to heaven. It's only this body that stays in the grave. Are you getting this? Okay. Lazarus knew who the rich man was. Rich man knew who Lazarus was. The rich man knew who Abraham was. There's consciousness there. Okay, we don't just go into the grave and sleep and have no, we have no uh, awareness of what's going on and, until that very last day of judgment when all the dead are raised. You, we got this? Yes. 
Okay, do we understand? Because I know there's a lot of newer people here tonight that I know that I've seen you here, so I want to make sure that you don't leave this place thinking that we're endorsing this particular doctrine from a particular denomination. Okay, we're clear, right? When we die, our, we're, our, our soul, our spirit goes to heaven. Okay, the body stays here on earth, but the body will get resurrected in the rapture. Amen? Amen? Okay, so then we receive our glorified body on the way up. We're, we're, we're clear on that. Okay, go ahead, go. So, what, just to recap, this is not a story either. This is the actual teaching. This is the actual doctrine. The Bible is not, and, and there are, jumping off of your point, Pastor, there are churches out there that teach that most of the Bible are stories to teach us a moral conviction or to teach us a moral principle. No. God wants us, as Paul is saying here, to be informed. The things that the Bible is telling us is true. Case in point. Revelations 19.14 says this, And the armies in heaven, clothed in fine living, white and clean, flowed I'm sorry, followed him on white horses. That's not ethereal. That's not abstract. That's God telling us through the Holy Spirit of something that's going to be happening. There are white horses. Jesus is coming on a white horse. That's not a story. Um, in First Thessalonians... Can I just throw this in? Sure. Uh, recently, somebody... I don't see him here tonight, but somebody asked me the question... Their children were wondering if there are pets in heaven. And he said, I can't find anything about pets in heaven. I said, well, we know there's horses. Amen. And we know there's at least one eagle. Amen. Because John talks about an eagle flying in heaven. In Genesis, it says, and God will hold the animals. He will call the animals to account. Amen. In order to call them to account, there's got to be animals. All right, just, just a little side thing, okay? And everybody who's a cat lover and a dog lover, and everybody's like... I will tell you this. There's no place in Scripture that says there's a rainbow bridge. So how God works that out, I don't know. It's okay if you're a pastor to say, I don't know. So, back to the text. For in verse, for, again, 4, 14, if we believe that Jesus died and rose, do you believe Jesus died and rose? Yes. Then we, see, here's the thing. Does the scripture not say that we are in Christ? Yes. So if Jesus, Paul draw, draws the conclusion for us, this stuff is not rocket science. It's simple logic. If we're in Christ, Jesus died and he arose, then we will die and we will rise. Yes. So what Paul's going to do is going to work out the technological understanding for that. The truth doesn't change. So if he died and rose, so also God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep to Christ Jesus. Verse 15. For we say this to you by the word of the Lord. Stop right there. Pastor reminded me of something. This is the word of the Lord. This is not Paul's feeling, Paul's sense. Paul, we know who Paul was, and you taught on, taught on that last week about he was the, 
the student of Gamaleo. I like to say it this way. Supposing there were two engineering colleges in the United States, MIT and the University of Southern California, and the person who's going to be working on this church is from MIT. What would that tell you about him not even knowing his name? Knows what he's talking this about. guy is special because there's only two engineering schools in the United States. There were only two rabbinical schools in Israel, and Paul came out of one of them. This was truly a man who knew the Torah and the books of the Bible. Paul, after his salvation, did not jump into Antioch. He was in the desert for over three years. Paul received revelation from the Holy Spirit. That alone would fulfill this, but we say this to you by the word of the Lord. But pastor reminded me also, the revelation, the time spent in the desert, and this was also obviously a common teaching that Jesus taught. But wait a minute, Jerry. I don't see that in the Gospels. Ah, un momento, my friend. <laughs> Go to the very last part of, of uh, the last verse in the Gospel of John. And there are also many other things which Jesus did, which they, if they were written in detail, I suppose, John writing, that even the world itself would not contain the books about it. So there is teaching that was not in the Gospels that is now coming to us through the epistles. Are you with me? Yes. For we believe that Jesus died and arose, verse 15. For with this we say to you by the word of the Lord that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord, that which he just established in verse 14, will not precede or go before those who have fallen asleep. Are you with me? Yes. Verse 16. Now we get into the, the technical part here. For the Lord himself, who's the Lord? Jesus. Jesus. For the Lord himself will descend from the heavenlies, the heavens, with a shout, with a voice of the archangel, and with the very trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise. He's stating it. Notice this. It is three things that occur. There is a shout. That's a command. It is the voice of an archangel. That's a command I wouldn't ignore. And the very trump. The trump, the shofar, the announcement. Now, some of the um, Bible uh, commentaries that I read said that may not be a shofar, that may be a silver trumpet, which was the trumpet that was used to announce the holidays. Rosh Hashanah. The Rosh Hashanahs. I'm not sure which one it is, but when I hear it, I'm going. <laughs> I'm not gonna stop and make sure, is that brass, silver? <laughs> Three things. Which, which is a major point, though. Yeah. Because if it is a silver trumpet, then it ties it to the feasts in the fall, which are the feasts that have not been fulfilled yet. The springtime feasts have been fulfilled. Passover, uh, first fruits, uh, and Pentecost. Yeah, Pentecost. They've been fulfilled. 
But the other feasts in, in that happened October, We're September, October, that's why most people believe when the rapture takes place, it will be most likely in the fall. We don't know what year, but it will most likely be in the fall because that's, those holidays are associated with the blasting of trumpets and, the, and especially the silver trumpets. We haven't, we haven't experienced those yet. Three things will make this coming, uh, three things are going to make this what I call, and here's two words I want you to write in your notes. Jesus' coming will be open and notorious. Open and notorious. Now let's define that. Open, I think, is quite, you, you understand that. It's not going to be hidden. From what we see from the text, it is going to be well known. But the second word I use is notorious. And notorious means generally, sometimes notorious has a bad connotation. But it also can mean generally known and talked about. Notable. Notable. Manifested to the entire world. Universally believed to be true. It will be notorious to the world. It will be, it may be unfavorable to the world, but it certainly won't be unfavorable to the church. In a nutshell, it will not be hidden. Amen. And there is some there that hold that the world will not know about it. It's, they'll just wake up one morning and all the good people will be gone. And the rest of us will just be here going, no, it didn't happen yet. You with me? Okay. Well, the, well it'll, right. it'll be, they'll try to explain it away. We're seeing the... And we, knew, we, we, know, we know how they're going to, what excuse they're going to give. Go ahead. I'm talking about the world. Yes, go okay, ahead. Okay, what do you think they're going to... Alien abduction. All these people were removed off the earth because they're the ones that have been blocking the true evolution of man. Now we can go forward. And there's no coincidence that you're seeing all of this garbage about UFOs and stuff like this. More and more and more. Some of, the, some of the reports are so ridiculous. You want to call the, the authors up and, uh, and, and go, do you realize what you just did? Do you, you realize how stupid this sounds? How ridiculous this sounds? Should I tell them about the report today that came out? Yeah, you might as well. Yeah, the report came out today. There is a, a committee studying UFOs now that is named in the government. They're, doing, they're holding hearings in Washington. And the guy that testified today, just before I came in, uh, they were reporting, his report stated, I'm gonna paraphrase it very badly, but generally the report stated, he's convinced now that there is a mothership and that what we're seeing are the other flying, flying objects coming from the mothership. Yeah, and on the side of the mothership, it says, Prince of the Power of the Air. Rulers of darkness in heavenly places. This is, the, this is the final deception. This is the final deception. Um, okay. Any questions up until this yeah, point? Yeah, that's good. Let's see what we have in questions so far. We got a hand. We have a hand where? Straight ahead. Captain? Thank you, Pastor. So the Old Testament saints, if they weren't born again and the spirit wasn't in them, when they died, went to heaven, it was body and soul only? Or what, were, what happened with them? That's a good question. That's a good question. But they, don't, they didn't go to heaven. They went to paradise. They went to paradise. Separate. It's a different. Remember, when Jesus talked about what was happening in the realm of the spirit, where 
Lazarus, uh, Lazarus was in paradise. The rich man was in Hades. Hades is still there. That compartment is where a person goes that rejected the gospel, that rejects the gospel. That rich man is still there, okay? Anybody that rejected the gospel, you know, because you realize the gospel was preached in the Old Testament too. Okay, it tells us that Abraham believed God and it was a credit to him as righteousness. So he was saved, okay? His spirit's not alive yet into God, but he was saved, okay? In the hope of what was coming in the future. Remember, everybody in the Old Testament looks toward the cross. Everybody in the New Testament looks back to the cross. The cross being the central thing there. So when Jesus rose from the dead, he went to paradise, emptied paradise, brought them to heaven. So when you and I as believers die, we go straight to heaven. An unbeliever that dies, a person, and when I specifically say I'm a believer because somebody who's heard and rejected, they go to Hades. With, with a dead spirit? I'm, I'm sorry? With a dead spirit? Yes. No, they have a spirit. Everybody has a spirit. There is, they, they do have a spirit. Everybody has a spirit. There is, when you break, break down who we are, as pastor teaches from the, a, a tripartite being, spirit, soul, and body. and body. Everyone enters the world with a spirit. God declares that spirit dead. And At the age of accountability. And, and until the age, uh, until the age uh, I mean, after the age of accountability. But the spirit, the actual spirit in each person is Alive in the sense that it has a conscience. So that's the sign that we do have this spirit, but it has been declared dead by God. And it does not have It doesn't experience life. new life. It doesn't experience new life. Does that, doesn't experience life. It cannot influence life. And that happens the day it's rejuvenated when Jesus comes into that life. Does that make sense? That's when a person's born again. Their spirit comes alive unto God. The person that, does, that rejects the gospel, rejects Christ, their spirit never comes alive. They can go it stays dead. And it stays dead for an eternity. So did that help? That's a great question. Yeah. Yes. Um, I have a question about... Um Speak us up a little bit, huh, please? Us Christians being born again. Um, like, for as myself, two years ago, I backslid, and I went down a very dark road. I'm just imagining people that have turned away from God, do they still go to heaven? That's what I'm confused about. Okay, did they get connected to God because they were good people or because they put their faith in Jesus Christ? It's because they put their faith in Jesus Christ. You can't earn your salvation. Mm-hmm. So entrance into heaven can't be based on that. So if A person would literally have to say, with, as an act of their will, God, I don't want you anymore. I don't believe in Jesus Christ. I do not want your spirit in me. Who in their right mind is going to do that? Mm-hmm. So is your question, if a person dies... While we, while we would consider the person backslidden, yeah. do they still go to heaven? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because otherwise you're insinuating that they lost their salvation. You can't get your salvation on your own. How can you lose it on your own? 
if we all had to be 100%, we're all going to hell. You understand what I'm saying? See, you're, you're trying to measure it by human standards. Yeah. Okay. Think about, think about the thief on the cross next to Jesus. Yeah. He didn't have time for anything. Or the story of the prodigal, but he ended up coming back. But what right. if he didn't come back? Right. Now, that's, don't mix up salvation with that. That's, okay. He came back in fellowship with his father. Mm -hmm. He never ceased being his son. Okay. You understand? No, as long as that son was estranged from his father, he was still his son. The man was still his father. They weren't in fellowship with each other. But the father can't deny that that's his son. I'm glad you brought that up because that's a real good proof there. Okay. All right? Does that help? Yeah, okay. Good. <laughs> Anybody else? Go ahead. I'm a little confused with um, those that don't believe their spirit dies. I thought and the spirit way never you came live, to life. The spirit never came to life. Okay. It's not the spirit dies. God doesn't go, boom, your spirit's dead because I don't like you. No, we're born, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Do you get this? We're born into that. Okay, now, there is a time period from the time that, a per that an infant is born, okay, to the point that they come to the age of accountability, no baby goes to hell. Okay, don't listen to that stuff. I know some of us grew up that, well, the baby died, he wasn't baptized, he's in limbo, he's in purgatory. He's in those places, there's nothing in Scripture that teaches that. Okay? So, but once a child comes to the age of accountability, now that can be at eight years old, it can be at 14, it could be at five. I know people in their 50s that don't have any accountability, okay? So, you know what I'm saying? At that point, when they're able to make the decision or to reject, that's at that point, if there's a rejection, they just stay in the state that they're in. If they accept Christ and accept the gospel, accept him as Savior and Lord, then in that instant, our spirit comes alive. That's why it's called being born again. We're born once physically. We need to be born a second time spiritually. So okay? those that don't believe are alive in hell. Oh, yeah, yeah. Very much aware. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, very much aware. Anybody else before we move on? Right over here. And another one over there. I have a question. Um, a lot of us have family members that were from Catholic churches and grew up like that. And it always, I always wondered where, you know, they had said the Apostles' Creed. Is that, and if they believed in their heart, and, you know, they confess with their mouth they're saved also. If they believed in their heart and knew what they were saying. Yeah. Okay. Look, okay. let's not discount the mercy of God. But by the same token, we can't give people false hope either. Right. If a person has lived their whole life being religious, going to church, but never, never received Christ as the Lord and Savior. Mm -hmm. okay. Now, you never know what happens at the last split second. Because right. God, God's not trying to make it hard to get in. Mm -hmm. God makes it easy to get in. Okay, but we have this tendency to kind of like pacify ourselves. Well, they were a good person. They went to church every week. That's not evidence of anything. Right. Okay, so, and I'm not trying to put a damper on things. I think most people that have those seeds planted in them, no matter what denomination they were in, at some point, look, everybody has the opportunity to receive or reject. We know that. Nobody is in hell unfairly. Nobody is in heaven because they were good people. Okay? 
It's all about faith in Christ. Somebody over here had their hand up? Hi, Pastor. So you said um, Jesus' coming will be open and notorious. Is that right? Did you mean the second coming or the rapture? The rapture is the appearing of Christ. The second coming is when he comes physically to earth. To the earth. The appearing happens in, in the heavens. Privately, right? No, like they're going to be like, where'd they go? And they're going to say, the aliens got them, right? So it's like going to... Yeah, I, I don't think that's going to fly because... I don't either. I don't know. I think every eye will behold him. And he says, as the lightning flashes from the east to the west, lightning is not secret. That's the, second comment, right? the, the point that I wanted to make... No, I believe that's the rapture. Because we see him in the sky. Anytime it talks about him appearing in the sky, that's the rapture. The second coming, he literally touches down on the Mount of Olives in Jerusalem. Wait for the mic. The unsaved people see both, both the appearing and the coming. They see both of them? I believe so. Absolutely. I believe so. Open and notorious. Absolutely, yeah. I know there's there's some denominations that teach... Well, we're not denominations, mostly cults that teach it's going to be a secret thing. And throughout the history, they've said, well, it happened already. It just happened in secret. No, that's not, that doesn't fly. Yeah. All right, we're good. Can we move on? Or? Yeah. Yeah. Unless anybody's got a question that's pressing, pertaining to what we've talked about so far. We're good? All right, let's go. These are good questions. Verse 17. I'm sorry, go ahead. I'll be quiet. So. Let's look at verse 17. Verse 17 is, says this. Then we who are alive and will remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and there we will always be with the Lord. See, there oh. it is, in the air. In the air. So th- these scriptures here are not talking about the second coming. This is the rapture. This is the rapture because, um, because of where it's placed and what Paul is describing. And also, as Pastor said, Jesus does not set his foot on the planet. We meet him in the air. So, oh, you know, I just thought about something else, talking about that, mm-hmm. all right? When Elijah was taken up, which is a type of rapture, yes. they saw him. Yes. In fact, he said to, to Elisha, if you see me when I go, you'll receive the double portion that was on his life. He saw him. It was no secret. He saw him. The other prophets that were there saw him. The and the chariot of fire. Yeah. Go ahead, I'm and sorry. The graves, the graves are going to be empty. I'll be quiet. <laughs> Tomorrow we'll have a meeting and he's going to say to me, don't overtalk me. I never said any <laughs> such thing. He will now. Um, great, great thing. The graves are going to be empty, folks. There's going to be no denying this. Apart from their personalities, the cemeteries are going to be empty. Um, Explain that one. Yeah. I heard it the other day that uh, a better term is not graveyards. A better term would be resurrection sites. The waiting room. Yeah. Or even a better term, launching pads. <laughs> because verse 17 talks about the rapture. So let's look at, let's just sort of roost up verse 17 for a few minutes. The first word that we see in verse 17 is then. Now, coming on then only works if you've just read verse 16. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then. Then is the Greek word epitia, and it means from 
Well, etia means right away. But in Greek, if you put the prefix epi in front of it, it's the word on steroids, okay? Um, when Paul's talking about um, Holy Spirit knowledge, revealed knowledge to believers, he, I, I almost picture him going, well, the, the word for Greek word for knowledge is gnosis. Mm-mm, that doesn't Epi. get it. Right. Epinosis. It's knowledge on steroids. Do you get it? So then something happens. And the next is uh, zontes. And zontes is, is very simply the Greek word means we who are still alive. So epite, zontes, paralipone, and the, are the ones who remain. And here we come to this word. The word, this is a great word. It's called, where are you? Epite is good. Um, boom, 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 boom. Oh. Apaza. You're jumping ahead of me. But here we see caught up, and that is where we get the word rapture. So, Pastor, I don't see rapture in the Bible. Correct. You get a star. We also don't see the word trinity in the Bible, but yet we are very aware of it is. There are words we use in our, in our vocabulary to describe certain things in scripture. Trinity being one, rapture being the other. Rapture is a word that describes a future event and it is related only with the church. It describes that moment in time when Jesus will descend from heaven in the clouds, not touching the ground. At that point, those who have died in Christ will rise from their graves and meet him in the air and being united in the process with their glorified bodies, the same as Jesus did. Those who are alive in Christ will be caught up together and with them or raptured with them and will also meet Jesus in the air. This word rapture is not a Greek word but comes from the Latin for the Greek word. The Greek word is arpakageosom, or from the uh, harpazo. And harpazo means caught up. But the word we're getting from, from the Latin is called rapio, R-A-P-I-O. You can put that in your notes. Rapture from the base Latin word rapio, which means to seize, to snatch, catch away, exactly the same definition as harpazio. In the literal taking from one place and bringing that person to another place. Therefore, the rapture of the church means the catching away of the church from the earth to meet the Lord in the air. Are you with me? It is the then at the beginning of that that designates with the epi that it is in exactly the same moment. There's no lull, there's no space between the catching away. That Greek word harpazo, H-A-R-P-A-Z-O for your notes. To catch, seize, take, sweep out. That is not the only place that that word appears. We see it in Acts chapter 8, verse 39. You're going to recognize the text. When they, Philip and the eunuch, when they came up out of the water, 
The Spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away, harpazoed Philip out of there, and the eunuch no longer saw him, but went on his way rejoicing. So we see harpazo. In 2 Corinthians 12, verses 2, 3, and 4, setting the text for you, I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago, this is Paul writing, whether in the body I do not know or out of the body I do not know, God knows, such a man was caught up to the third heaven, harpazo. And I know how such a man, whether in the body or apart from the body, I don't know, God knows, was caught up into paradise, harpazo, heard expressly in words. If this is the man who uh, had words that he is not permitted to speak. In Revelations chapter 12, verse 5, again, we see it talking about the birth. She gave birth to a son, talking about the, uh, summarizing the, 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 uh, the child, um, the, the savior. And she gave birth to a son, a male, who is going to rule all the nations with a rod of iron. That's a whole nother five weeks of teaching. And her child was Harpazo, caught up to God and to his throne. We don't need rapture anymore. We've got the word hapazo. It nails it right to the point. <coughs> Caught up. It's stated. Questions? We've only got a few minutes left, so if you've got questions, please. Lynn? So uh, Jesus comes. Uh, in the air and now we have all these nations and let's let's say for example um is jesus coming back when it's light out because if you think of let's say italy or oh i see what you're saying you know different time uh zones and so now, how, how would that work? <laughs> if he's capable of coming and appearing in the air. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost like a joke I heard recently. They said that such and such a country was going to send a rocket to the sun. And said, so, well, how could that be? Well, no, we're not going to go in the daytime. We're going to go at night. I don't think it's going to be a problem, Lynn. He is the light in heaven right now. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be an issue. Anybody else? Hold on, hold on, Carol. Hi, in Genesis. Now remember, this is your husband up here. If you throw something, <laughs> you got to live with him. The good answer is see me home. You don't have to answer. I'll, I'll direct it to Pastor Joe. So... Um, <laughs> Go ahead, Carol. I can't wait to hear wait this one. Might I remind you that Paul set, told the women to request the questions to their husbands? Uh oh. Let's not even go there. Go ahead, Carol. We only got a few minutes left. Well, he is a husband. He's just not mine. Go ahead. So, Genesis chapter 5 when Enoch walked with God and was no more, and God took him away. Is in the translation, is that Harpazo also? 
That's not a, is that not a, a Well, obviously it would be in Hebrew, not in Greek. Hebrew, right. Um, I don't that's know. A, is that just a rapture, no. right? Well, it would be a different word. It, it, mm. Was he raptured? No, because it, if you continue to read, if I'm not mistaken, it says, and the Lord took him. Yeah, well, he was no more. Yeah, was, but it is a type of rapture. Was it? Oh, are you, wait a minute. Let me clarify. Are you asking, is that a type of rapture, yeah. or are you asking, is that harpazo? Is it a type that of word rapture? In the Greek? Well, it's not going to be harpazo in Greek. Right, now, in the Septuagint, it's, it's, though, in the Septuagint it, it probably appears as harpazo. It, uh, Septuagint is the Greek version of the Old Testament that was put together in, um, probably about 500, 500 600 BC, BC in Alexandria. Because uh, at that time, Greek was right. the international right. language. So but Philip was no more, right, when he was born. Right. So well, he was no more. Is it the same? Same. same. It's a type and shadow of the rapture. Shadow of the rapture. Elijah, yes. a type and shadow of the rapture. And Enoch is one of the examples yeah. that the rapture is not a new uh, right. idea. We're going to get into that next week. Yeah, I remember reading a book by uh, Hilton Sutton, who went on to be with the Lord a number of years ago. And he, his book was The Seven Raptures. There's actually seven of them through the whole Bible. That's, that's including the ones that have happened already and the ones that will happen in the future including the rapture of the church. Because the two witnesses in Jerusalem, they get raptured after they raise They're from the going. dead. We're going. So, yeah. So you got private raptures, you know, like business class, and, and you got, then you got economy where everybody. Any other questions? Yes, Caitlin? Is anybody learning anything tonight? Yes. We are. This is good. The questions are good. When we say that the um, graves open up and the bodies come out, what aren't this uh, spirit and soul already in heaven? So what isn't the body just like? Is that people who had passed away and their body? Is that the glor their glorified body that's meeting with their soul and their spirit? Yeah, just like us. Okay, that's right. what they mean by a glorified. Their bodies are right. coming out as who had passed yeah. away. Okay. Yes, that, that's I said. Just like Jesus, Jesus came out of the tomb. He, his body went into the tomb. His glorified body came out of the tomb. We're getting ready to leave this tomb. Amen. Next question. Pastor Joy. What kind of body did he knock on when he was taken up in the fiery chariot? I would imagine. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. No, I, no, I don't think he would have received the glorified body. I believe he's one of the witnesses that's going to come back. Yeah, right. Because he and never Moses. really died. I'm saying he. I don't know. Caught up in Elijah went up in his flesh and but yeah, and Elijah went up in his his body. He was another rapture. Yeah, that's why most people believe. Most Bible commentators believe that the two witnesses in Jerusalem that appear. Uh, are Enoch and Elijah. Some people say Moses. No, Moses died on the earth. So, who else? Any other question? Please. Everybody having fun tonight? Yes. Good question. Yes, ma'am. I don't think I really understand what you mean when you say glorified body. Well, you remember when Jesus came out of the tomb, 
his body was very different than the body that went in. He could go through walls. He could appear and just travel from one place, to, you know, at the speed of thought. You know, he didn't have the physical limitations that he had before. Yeah, so. Nicole? Another one over here? Okay. Go ahead. Um, after we're raptured, and there's people that will be, unfortunately, martyrs, they'll be killed. On Earth? Yes. When they die, are they going to have spiritual... Um, are they going to have their bodies will be different than ours because they won't have their spiritual body? So I thought that I've heard or read that that they would be slightly different from us because they are dying after the rapture. They'll be saved in the sense of now that they know what happened. They know they missed the boat, and unfortunately, they'll yeah. Be but at killed. the second coming, at the second coming of the Lord. But in between that, if they're killed, let's just say. No, their bodies are here on earth. Their spirit and soul are in heaven. Okay, so they but. That's what I'm saying. We'll be different from them. The ones well, who are I don't know about different. It's, it's the same. They'll body. receive a glorified body also, but not at the same time. But when they go to heaven. Their body doesn't go to heaven. Right. That's what I'm saying. Right. So. Their spirit. Just like people that get saved yeah. during the time of tribulation, there's going to be people that get saved on the <laughs> right, earth. Right, right. Some that's, of them will die natural deaths, and so not, not everybody's right. going to get martyred. Right, but that's what I'm saying. Because the dead that will rise, their bodies will rise before us, then we will be raptured. We get our glorified bodies. The people that are passed away afterwards, that's what I was saying. Will they have a glorified body as well when they die or not? Eventually they will, Eventually. but they, they don't just automatically boom and receive right. their glorified body. That's no, because remember, the church age is over. Right. The age of grace is over. It goes back to the Old Testament right. okay. times. Right. Okay? Does that help? Yes. I think somebody over here had another question. Question. I have a different question now after that question. Okay. I, this is fun. Um, so if the people that die, like she said, in between, um, does that, I'm trying to see how to put, put it. If, if they die and their body goes in the ground and their spirit and soul go to heaven, does that mean that paradise and soul, like is it back to Luke? In the scripture where Jesus tells, talks about Abraham. No, because Paul said to be absent with the body is to be present with the Lord. So, yeah, no, people so don't go to Sheol. Believers don't go to Sheol. Sheol, remember, had two compartments. We right, talked about this right, before. Right. One was Hades, the other one was paradise. Right. Yeah. But, but after the rapture and the new believers die, they just go straight to heaven. They don't go like Yeah, just like now. I mean, Testament. after Jesus rose from the dead. Yeah. There's, Sheol only has one compartment now. And then one more question. I'll, sure. and I'll be quiet. So our glorified body, like um, I've heard people say, well, you're not going to have any, any deformities or scars or anything. It's going to be a perfect body. Where's scripture to base that on? Are they getting that? And how do people recognize us? Like my, my great-grandmother died when I was a baby. How will she know me? Will she know me as a baby? Well, again, we go back to that story of the rich man and Lazarus. They knew each other. Now, I don't know... If what age they were at at that point in time, um, I have heard. Now I can't give you scripture for this, but yeah. I've heard testimonies of individuals that God has allowed to go to heaven and come back, and almost always they say that everybody is the age that Jesus was when He rose from the dead. Now there's only going to be two people in heaven with scars or marks. Obviously, one is Jesus, 
and the other one's going to be Adam because he's the only one without a belly button. We'll be able to tell Adam. He's not going to be able to hide. Okay. But Jesus still has the scars because they're the marks of the covenant. Okay. Um, I think this person was first over here. Who, where do we have? We got a question? Well, yeah, yeah. I was just going to ask about Pastor oh, there. the... Uh, what about people that are cremated? How does that change things? That's not a problem. He's going to be able to pull all those elements out of the earth. Yeah, I mean, is there anything too hard for God? Yeah. Are you asking, is it going to be a problem because they're all over the place, or are you asking? <laughs> now, I'm not trying to be funny. I'm just saying, are you asking, like, can we have quiet? I can't hear over here. No, it's just a simple question. Really. No, I'm saying, do you, do you, are you saying that a person shouldn't be cremated? I'm just curious of how that works. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be a problem. Because when you're talking before about the bodies coming out of that, there's going to be empty tombs, there's going to be empty graves. There's going to be empty urns. But what if they're scattered like in the rivers or in the air? Trust me. There was a guy recently that was put in a firework and he was exploded in the air. Somebody I know. Dennis, it's not a problem for God. Here, think, think it through. 200 years ago, somebody died. What's left of him in the ground? Yeah, it's not going to be a problem. It's not a problem. God knows him. Somebody else over here had a question? Hi, pastors. Hi. Um, I had a quick question. If um, I had this question before. If we all go to heaven and there's no marriage anymore in heaven, there can't be any more babies, right? Right. So, like... Heaven is just a controlled amount of people forever. Like at, that number never point? multiplies anymore. At, at what point? You're talking about now? No, not now, because people no, keep being like added after, after yeah, the rapture. Okay, but there's still, right, after rapture, even after Jesus comes in the second coming to earth, uh -huh. for that next thousand years, there's still people being born right. on the earth. Okay. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Yeah. But those, these, these are all good questions, and they get, get you really thinking. Somebody else had one last hand up, I think? There's one in the back. In on the back, there. Okay, I'm going to try to ask this question the best, as best I can. John 4, 24 says, God is spirit, and he that worships God must worship God in spirit and in truth. That's the part of us that we're taught after being born again, that's like God. And trying to phrase this, uh, um, ask this question the right way, if we are, as, as people that will go to heaven in a spirit, and we are like God, looking like God, and we're people that are not, our bodies have still in, still in, in the grave, then we've, been, we've heard other ministers all over the world talk about, well, I went to heaven and I saw such and such, or I saw my grandmother, I saw my grandfather, and they recognized those people. But yet, our spirit is the thing that's in heaven that's looking like God. When and you I'd say like to know, just, I tried to ask this question like that lady was trying to 
oh, she was asking a similar type of question up front here. And I wanted to know how in the world are we supposed to look like God? You're assuming that. Where does it say that we look like God? No, because it says God is a spirit. Right. And we are a spirit. Right. Well, that's where I'm phrasing it from. We're the, we're the part, that's the part of us that's like God. Okay, so let's go back to that original illustration, Lazarus and the rich man. Okay. They weren't in their physical bodies. They were in their spiritual bodies. Okay, but they, they were, they, okay, so they did not, at that particular Abraham, time. Abraham was in his spiritual body. Okay, they, so uh, they, they knew Abraham. They recognized him. Uh, I think you're getting hung up on where you're assuming that every single one of us is all going to look exactly the same like God. But no, no, I'm, God, I'm saying that we're not, not, we're not all looking the same like God after the rapture. No, we're looking, after, if we die and we go to heaven, when we go to heaven at that particular time, our spirit and our soul is in heaven. So that's the time I'm talking about. Okay, that's the time I'm talking about also because the rapture hasn't happened yet. So any, any illustrations we have now are pre-rapture. And again, we go back to Lazarus and the rich man. They, they recognized each other. Even though neither one of them was alive on the earth when Abraham was alive, they recognized Abraham. They knew that that was Abraham. We obviously have a form in the spirit that's very similar to who we are now, even though it's not a physical body. Does that help? Does, does that help? Okay. I don't know what else to tell you. Uh, I don't know. I don't know of a scripture that says that we're all going to look exactly like God. I think you're mixing up the nature of God with the physical appearance of God. So we do have individuality in the realm of the spirit. That's about as far as I can take it. I'm sorry. Um, anybody else? Last question. All right. We're good? Nobody else? You're not going to ambush us in the lobby. I had a question I didn't want to ask. One last one back there. Go ahead. Can you uh, just clarify the difference between the spirit and the soul? Well, the spirit is who God creates initially. Okay? The moment that we're conceived, the fact that we have life within us is because it, it, our spirit's alive. God creates a spirit. What's your first name? Rich. Rich. Okay, so the moment of conception, Rich, God knows you from that, from that well, from before time, knew that you were going to be conceived. Your spirit is what gives life. Okay, you're, you're alive spiritually. Now, you're born, you start to take on the characteristics of your natural parents, maybe, your surroundings, you start to receive education, you have a mind, you have a will, you have emotions. Those are things that develop from the time that you can see, from the time that you can hear. That's the difference between a soul. Now, 
when a person gets born again, their spirit that is perfect in the eyes of God. We talk about spiritual growth. person needs to grow up spiritually. Your spirit, your spirit is perfect at that moment. If you live on earth 50 years after you get born again, you're no more spiritual at the end of the 50 years than you were at the moment that you said, Jesus, I believe in you. It's your soul now that begins to be renewed according to the word of God. So you start thinking like God, speaking like God, acting like God. You see, you see what I'm saying? The soul is your mind, your will, your emotions, which is shapeable. It's developmental. Okay? It's, it's going to reflect what it's been exposed to. Your spirit is an eternal thing. All right? We're yes, good? thank you. Now, listen. Very quickly before we go. If there's anybody here tonight that you're not 100% sure that two things, if you were to take your last breath tonight, that you would be in the presence of God. Or if that trumpet blast happens tonight, if you're not 100% sure that you're going to either go in the rapture or that if you were to take your last breath, you would be immediately in the presence of the Lord, please, please do not leave here tonight. Come up front. There's people up here that will pray with you, lead you in a very simple prayer, allowing you and giving you the opportunity to declare with your mouth what you believe in your heart about the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And then you'll be born again, and you won't have to worry about how many trumpets, if they're silver, if they're shofars. You won't have to worry about where your ashes are. You won't have to worry about any of those things because you'll immediately be in the presence of God. Amen? Amen. 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 God bless you. Thank you so much for coming out. We pray this has been a blessing to you.